0: With the parasha of the Elaha Mishpatim. This is week's portion is Mishpatim. The um, ordinances. Okay? Um, all right, so why don't we start? Heidi, why don't you start and do the first verse? Oh.
1: And these are the ordinances that you shall set before them.
0: Now, this this portion basically follows the story that we read in the previous portion previous portion, we talk about the uh, Ten Commandments, the Ten Sayings, which God uh, came down on Mount Sinai, and all the Jewish people saw the the flames, the thunder, the lightning, and they heard God speak the Ten Commandments, and then uh, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the... Uh, Well, that's yeah. That's the um, in detail. Um, it says that uh, actually they couldn't take the um, intense revelation, and they asked Hashem to um, to that's Moshe. That Moshe should listen and pass it over. That's what we say. Are the two commands that we uh, learn from Hashem? Right. But in our verse begins, and these are the statues and. Um, Rashi points out that um, these two were given to Moshe from Sinai so we should know when it's a connecting vav and these are meaning these are the following the, uh, following the previous laws which Moshe Rabbeinu heard in Sinai, these two were given from Sinai but that's not the discussion I want to discuss now, first I want to discuss the word mishpatim what is Mishpatim? Mishpatim, they translate here as ordinances. Now, there are three, the question is, is what are the three categories of laws in the Torah? There's three categories, and each one of the laws fits in one of these three categories. And in Hebrew, they're known as Eidos, Chukim, and Mishpatim, which is statues, testimonials and ordinances what would mean a statue by us I don't think in the English language I'm not sure when you say something is a statue it means just the laws are called statues but in the Torah the word statue we're using here for the meaning of chukim chukim are basically laws that have no explanation why we do them you see, the Torah sometimes tells us to do certain things that we can't explain. We don't know why we're doing them. All what we know is that God told us to do so. And we do them because we were instructed to do so. Those are basically called chukim. Chukim, that's the Hebrew word, and we call them statues. Those are laws. Matter of fact... Uh, the uh, Rashi and the Talmud brings down the Chazal say that uh, Hashem is basically saying, "This is I have made this rule, and you have no right to question it." Basically, this is just a rule that I made, and you have no right to question it. So these would seem to be uh, non-rational laws that we observe. That's one category. The other category would be the extreme. The other extreme would be rational rational means logical uh, logical um, uh, laws so say for example the Torah says you shall not kill the Torah says you shall not steal so those are rational and those are logical um, uh, laws now to the extent that sometimes we can even go as far as saying uh, the Talmud says that if the Torah would not have been given Let's say God would not give us the Torah. There are some rules that we can figure out on our own, even without the Torah, like not stealing, not murdering, like all societies have logical laws just to keep people in, uh, safe safe, and, uh, and, 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 and with respect for everyone. That's, that would be the rational laws. And then we have, in the middle, which are called testimonial. They're called Eidos. What does it mean, Eidos? Eidos means they are testimony to something that, have, that took place. Eight? Yeah, is a witness, but it's, or it's a testimony to something that took place. We celebrate many uh, many events because we are celebrating occurrences that happened in the past. Say, for example, we celebrate Passover. Why do we celebrate Passover? Because God took us out of Egypt. Now, those are uh, mitzvah that we do to celebrate something that happened. Now, who says that we have to celebrate something that's happened? It's not a logical conclusion. Some things happen, and we don't celebrate what, what happened. Some things happen, and we do celebrate. So, if the Torah didn't say, for example, to celebrate the exodus of Egypt, it's not something we would come up on our own to celebrate the exodus of Egypt. But once the Torah tells us to celebrate the exodus of Egypt, oh, it makes sense because God made a miracle for us. So it makes sense to be grateful to Hashem to to remember this. So basically right now we have three categories. We have some which we don't understand what the reasoning behind them is. Now, I also want to extend when we say that we don't understand the reasoning behind them, we're not only talking about saying... Like, oh, I don't understand, but somebody else does understand. Sometimes you have a case, for example, um, like if you tell, maybe you tell your child, you tell them to do something, you tell a student to do something. Maybe the student is not yet capable of understanding why they should do what they're told to do. They don't understand. That doesn't mean... That it doesn't have a reason it only means that the reason is not known to them yet they don't know the reason yet it's not that the that it's a statue doesn't have a reason so sometimes you know you can do something like if the student or the child does something because the parent tells them assuming that the child thinks that the parent knows better so they will do because even though they don't understand why they need to do what they what they're to do but they rely that somebody who understands better the situation knows why they should do what they're doing but that would not really qualify as a chayik that would not mean a statute that would mean really only that you're not yet at the level of understanding what the reasoning is that doesn't mean it doesn't have a reason it means it has a reason but you don't know the reason it's beyond your capacity of uh, you can't appreciate the reason yet At your are standing but when we're talking about a chukim of the Torah we're saying there almost there are reasons uh, that there is no reasons now one can argue and say so God doesn't have a reason why he's doing it why he's telling it but God tells us certain things to do without a reason like one can sort of say um, if you have a king for example And he wants to establish and to show that you are the one that are listening to him. So he will tell you, even though the reason may not be any logical reason to do something for any purpose, but the reason is just that alone, just that you listen to me. That is part of the reason that this is a statute. Now, we know God tells us to do the mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs, not because he benefits from it. There is nothing that we can do with our mitzvahs with our deeds to give God. God isn't lacking anything. He's not in need of anything that we can do it. Everything that we do is for our benefit. God gives us an opportunity to connect to Him. And God says, there are three types, three categories of mitzvahs that we can connect. One of them is a logical mitzvah to connect. The other one is a testimonial mitzvah, edus, And the other one is a statue kind of connection, which there is no reason. So when we say it doesn't have a reason, we're saying that it actually doesn't have any reason at all. We don't know. There is no... The Torah specifically gave us the mitzvahs uh, without a reason. So, and the next question is, what would be an example of each of the three? Question I asked What would be an example of the question of each of these three mitzvahs? The chukim, uh, edus and mishpatim. What would it be? So, don't steal, steal or kill are rational ordinances. Those are logical. Don't kill. Them. That makes sense. That's one one type of mitzvah. Observance of the Shabbat. Okay, so we would not figure out that one is supposed to observe the Shabbat because why should one observe the Shabbat? Oh, we know because the observing the Shabbat is a reminder. That God created the world on six days and he rested on the seventh day. So by us observing the Shabbat, we are sort of testifying as a testimony, or we're agreeing, or we're celebrating the fact that God created, that God is the creator of the world, and he created it in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. It's not a logical thing that we would come up with, but we don't have logic actually can agree to this and say, yes, it makes sense, but it's not something we would come up on our own. No, that's considered an Eidos, that's considered testimonial, which means it's testifying for something which makes sense. We can't come up in our own, but it's an Eidos. Those are testimonies, those are things that come up for the other one. Now, uh, now the other thing is that the um, eating, for example, not kosher food or not kosher food, now we we like to think that kosher food is also healthier for you. We know that eating some, like pork and things like that, is actually unhealthy. So, but the everybody eats it. Now everybody eats it. You know that's and uh, according to Rashi's brings down this is actually a statue. This is a, a, no reason. The chok doesn't have it. There's no logical reason. Why not? I mean, why is that bad? Why is other meat okay and this meat is not is not okay? That's a chok. So that's Hashem said, this is a rule, I put it, and you must observe it. And only observe it because I said that you observe it, but you don't have really a rationale to uh, to explain that. And shatness. Shatness. Okay, so do the next verse, Janice. Do verse 26. I just wanted to bring down from the Rashi, in in an example in which we describe what a chok is. In, in, in chapter, this is uh, verse 26 in the previous chapter in, 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 in the portion of Beshalach. so there it says
1: and he said, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and if you do what is proper in his eyes and you listen closely to his commandments and observe all his statutes
0: now here, notice it says commandments and then it says, that would be the regular word for mitzvot, okay. would be commandments but then it says, and observe all his statues. statutes are the chok those are the chok, okay
1: that I have visited upon Egypt I will not visit upon you for the Lord, will heal
0: you. Now, so I, mainly I want to say this statue. So read the Rashi, all his statues.
1: Okay. If you hearken, this is the acceptance.
0: Oh, did, did skip the first three because we're not doing that. I just want to be right. praying the next one. Okay. Okay, all the
1: statutes. Yeah. Things that are only the decree of the king without any apparent rationale and with which the evil inclination finds fault, saying, what is the sense of the prohibition of these things? Why were they prohibited? For example, the prohibitions of wearing shotness, a mixture of wool and linen, and eating pork, and the ritual of the red cow and their
0: light. Okay, so this is basically an example of um, chukim. I want to bring down the rashi. Just to tell you that chukim are something which are statute. and matter of fact, not only, they're not logical, but logic Says you don't need to do this, and um, and one needs to uh, actually be um, uh, be aware that sometimes uh, you might think about it. Well, what's the point? I mean, what's the point? You know, it doesn't make sense. What's the point of that? Okay. Now, now that we know that we have these three categories, so it would be interesting to take a look and to see. What, is, what are the Ten Commandments? What kind of a, what, in what category do the Ten Commandments fall in? The mitzvahs that we learned in the Ten Commandments. What is the, under which category do they fall in? Do they go under? Now, as we're going to see, they basically include all three categories. We're going to have all three categories over there. But what, what would one expect... Which, which which mitzvahs are the most important to teach us? Are the logical mitzvahs most important to teach us? Are the testimonials? Or are the uh, chukim, the statues that have no rationale? Which one is the most important for us to learn? Which one are the most important for us to learn? So, the answer is, it would seem, that the... Logical? Why do we have to teach this? We know them on our own. Why would we need to tell? Te- te- I mean, those. Maybe we don't even have to teach at all. If it's something that we can figure out on our own, why do we need God to tell us that? But certainly, when we're talking about ten saying, when God chooses ten sayings, what would what should be the bulk? What should be the main mitzvahs? Should be the statues? Should it be the testimony? Or should it be the very logical.
1: They are the most illogical.
0: That's right. So we need God to tell that. Yeah. That would seem. But yet the, fun, the strange thing is when you look in summary of all the mitzvot that we have in the Ten Commandments, you'll see that the first two commandments are about the great lofty ideas because even though it talks about the unity of God, it talks about God being only one, it talks about not having any other idols. It, so it, it talks about the unity of Hashem, which is considered to be uh, a very, very important mitzvah. Not even in this, not even in the meaning of the chok, not in the meaning like it's a statue, but it it has the basis of our Torah in it. Uh, The basis of our Torah is to believe in God and to believe in the oneness of God and to believe uh, that there's nothing else besides God. So, Those are the fundamental beliefs of Judaism. So it makes sense that these fundamental beliefs of Judaism should be presented within the Ten Commandments, in the Ten Sayings that we have in the the Ten Commandments. But then when you move on to read further, you read about very, very simple things, about very simple mishpatim, which are just rational laws. And then you wonder, why were they necessary? Why, Why do we need? We made such a big storm about... God came down with thunder and lightning and did all these things to tell us what—that you shouldn't murder somebody or that you shouldn't—and uh... then we connected it all together. So, I quoted here the the ten uh, sayings over here. Let me do a few psukim just to go through and see what are the categories of the uh, of, of the ten commandments. Now, but not necessarily that believing in God is a um, is a. Uh, is a statue, that it's a chok, believing in God can be a prerequisite for doing anything, because before you do a chok, you cannot observe a mitzvah if you don't believe that there's somebody commanding the mitzvah. Before you listen to an instruction, there has to be, you have to believe that there is somebody giving the instruction. So... Whether it's a choik or it's a mishpat or it's edus, you got to. So the first, very first opening of the Ten Commandments is what. So, so let's read just through the Ten Commandments. Ah, you want to zip. So let's. Let, you have to believe in Hashem, All right? What well, you want to start? You want to read from the. Okay, so God. So what category the Ten Commandments made up? We have both extremes, really. And not only is extremes, but we have in extremes in this case not so much chukim. And mishpatim, but extremes meaning greatest, loftiest ideas, and the very simplest of ideas. Okay? Okay. So let's see here.
1: Well, what do you want me to do, Pastor? You yeah, He said, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord, your God, and you do what you No, no, no. Uh, further down. Number two, I am the Lord. I am... Okay. I am the Lord, your God. He took you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Continue. You shall not have the gods of others in my presence.
0: Continue. Well,
1: you could have them if it wasn't an image. I know. Okay,
0: that's another. Rashi, that that means that because God's presence is always, that means ever. Rashi comments that. Why does
1: it say like that? You shall not make for yourself a green image or any likeness which is in the heavens above, which is on the earth below, or which is in the water beneath the earth. You shall neither prostrate yourself before them nor worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a fearless God. Visits the equity of the fathers upon the sons, upon the third and the fourth generation of
0: those who hate me. One more.
1: And I perform loving kindness to thousands of generations, to those who love me, and to those who keep my commandments.
0: Now, even though these are many verses over here that you read, but actually, when they read in the Torah with the Tom Elyon, these are actually two commandments. These are the two commandments that you mentioned before. The first one, the, the actually the first two verses are the positive. I am God, your God that has taken you out of Egypt. And the uh, third, fourth, fifth, and and sixth verse are part of the prohibition against making idols and against having other worship. They're all that's the second command of Lo Yir not to have. That's the second one. Now, um, it um, it seems that uh, the verse talks about very physical things, but within the words over here, and you had a lot of good questions, but for that we have to learn the Rashi and the Chumash explained what the simple meaning, and which is important, if you have these questions, you should take the time and read through with the Chumash and the Rashi, so you know the very simple meaning of these Pesukim um, is very important, but this is the basis of the Ten Commandments. But the point here is that in these words being the foundation and the basis of the Ten Commandments and the... This talks about the belief of Hashem and it has some of the greatest ideas over here about the unity of Hashem because it's not merely that we say that there's only one God and that there's no other gods, but actually what we're saying is, especially according to the teaching of the Kabbalah and Hasidists, we're actually saying that there's no other entity besides God. So it's not only that there's God, but since everything in the world is sustained, continuously needs to come out to God. There is really no existence outside of God. So everything in the world is an expression, is an extension of, of, of Hashem. But these are all ideas from these words. So those seem to be... Same. Now, continue, Janice, the next... Now we're going to go to the next uh, the next commandment. So now we cover two. Seven. Okay.
1: You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold blameless anyone who takes his name in
0: vain. This can also be considered as part of the continuation of the belief in Hashem and, and therefore respect that is required for Hashem. Continue. Okay.
1: Remember the Sabbath, the day to sanctify.
0: So we said that would be Eidos. That would be uh, uh, Eidos. I was that would
1: thinking be... number two would be Eidos. No. They witnessed going out of the land of Egypt.
0: Yeah, no, but that's a reason for uh, for for God expecting them to follow his, his, his commands. That's explaining why they have to listen to Hashem. Mm. Because I took you out of Egypt, and therefore uh, the reason is of so, that you owe it to me, basically, which Hashem is saying them. So but that's not a, a testimony or anything. It's not a. It's a rational reason for them to go ahead and follow why Hashem uh, tells them. So it is, but it is. It's talking about the belief in Hashem and the other and the other. Uh, and the other Great ideas of Hashem.
1: Because you said, we celebrate Pesach because.
0: that's what it Okay, that would be okay. No, I understand. Because but that's that's why we celebrate Pesach. Here we're not talking about celebrating Pesach. Here we're talking about uh, why um, that God is telling them that I took you out of Egypt so that you will follow my all my mitzvot. Yeah. So that's, So, but it's not. We're not talking about celebrating Pesach here. Yeah. Okay. But zocher. Okay, but what is eight? Say about. Well,
1: Remember the Sabbath day to sanctify.
0: That would be uh, Eidos, that would be, because now we're talking about uh, sanctifying the Shabbos. As it continue, yes, two, nine, right?
1: Six days may you work and perform all your labor, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall perform no labor, neither you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your beast, nor your stranger who is in your cities. And Can we say this on Shabbos. Yeah, and this is
0: all, okay, for.
1: Uh, for in six days the Lord made the the sea and all that is in them and he rested
0: on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified so when we celebrate Sabbath we are going back to Kishesh Shem, that God created the world six days this is all one command even though again this is divided up in these various psukom again when they read it from the Torah they read it as separate as each one here we have separate psukom it's yeah. different but in the Torah when we read it it has the Tom Elion, and this is a whole, that's another discussion, but I'm not going to get involved now. But from verse 8, mm-hmm. 8, 9, mm-hmm. 10, and 11 are really one and the same, mm-hmm. one and the same, uh, Hello. one of the same moments. Okay. Honor your father and your mother
1: in order I'm that your days so so be blessed right on the land that the Lord your God has given you.
0: Okay, so honoring your father and your mother can also be considered to be a logical uh, thing one of the things is because they've taken care of you and they have uh, uh brought you to this point so therefore you can uh, you need to honor them that's, that's that's one of the things that's that would be also a reason why even non-jews who are not obligated to keep the Torah would have to still honor their parents or maybe actually honoring the parents from the gemara it seems that it was given to the Jews in Morah, not for the going but in honor there's also di- different levels. There's honor, there's disrespect. So sometimes, you know, like Rashi talks about Avram, where he brings down that he left his father an old man and he didn't take care of him. So you, you, there's various different levels of honoring as well that sometimes would be for, would be illogical, maybe sometimes it's a mitzvah. Okay, so, but this is actually number five. Mm-hmm. Even though we spend all these pesukim twelve verses, this is actually number five. We have Anochi, and then you have lo yilacha. And, and i you got the positive lo yilacha means not to have idols. That's the second. That's a prohibition. Then you have lo not to mention Hashem's name in vain. That's three. Remembering the Shabbos is four, and kabbid is five. Now the next five. What are the next five commandments? Say uh, Heidi.
1: You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not, fit, not bear false witness against your neighbor.
0: These are four. So these are four, but these are logical. Okay.
1: You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his maidservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbor.
0: So these are also, these are all logical. So one wonders... Why together? How did did it bunch up? Why did they all come together? Why do we come together, all these mitzvahs come together, uh, the logical and the logical mitzvah? How come come we have them all together? And... um, So, really, the way the Rebbe sees this, the Rebbe sees that this is a very, very important lesson over here. Which means... um, That even logical mitzvahs. We said before that maybe if God didn't give the Torah, we could on our own conclude some of the mitzvahs. So now that we were commanded, the Torah tells us to do the various mitzvahs. So why do we do the mitzvahs? Do we do them because they make sense? do do we do them because they're logical? the Torah is trying to tell us and the Torah puts it in together with the first command I am God your God to tell you that when we observe mitzvahs we must observe the mitzvahs because we were told by God to do those mitzvahs it's not that we're doing those mitzvahs because they make sense to us Because we agree, it makes intellectually, it's something that we agree to, but actually it's something which we're doing is because God told us to do so. So somebody will ask and say, why is it so important that we do the mitzvahs because God told us to do the mitzvahs? Why don't we just do the mitzvahs? Because they make sense, those mitzvahs that make sense. The point, what I'm saying is the point that these mitzvahs were placed together Together, I am God. Your God. Telling you also about the simple mitzvahs is to teach you that these simple logical mitzvahs should also be performed, not because they are simple and they're logical, but they should be performed because Hashem instructed them to do. Hashem instructed you to that's do them.
1: The same category of the ten.
0: And that's why they're Shem But the question is, why is it actually so important that we do? The mitzvah is just because God told us. What's so terrible if it makes sense to us? So it seems like that if things make sense to us, then it should be should be sufficient. And the Rebbe explains. Uh, okay, so so firstly, what does this teach us? That also logical mitzvahs we must observe because of Hashem's command, and not because they make logical sense. So why is it important? to do mitzvahs because Hashem commanded, and not because we understand. And there's two reasons for what the Rebbe explains that. And the Rebbe quotes a saying by his father-in-law, quotes a statement in the Talmud, in Shabbos, page 105b. Over there, in the Hebrew, I'm going to read this, the Hebrew, it doesn't have any vowels here. So he says, (laughs) shekachum nosu Why don't you do this in the English? This is the wording of the Talmud. This
1: is the craft? Yeah. This is the craft of the evil inclination. Today he tells him, do so. And tomorrow he tells him, do so. Until he tells him, go and worship idols.
0: Now how do you see the words today he tells him to do so what does that mean to do so to do what? what does it, do? what to it, do it do mean to so do so to, to do mitzvahs yeah so how is he going to tell him to do avodah you're actually right i want to say that's the previous rebbe's interpretation but i want to say what would be the simple just reading the statement just in the simple sentences one would assume that even though it's not specified here what the Talmud is saying to you that the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination doesn't come to you and tell you go do a uh, big sin, go worship idols no, he's not going to come to you that today he tells you to do a little small thing, tomorrow he tells you to do another small thing until he'll come to you and tell you the world that's the way one will understand the Talmud but look in the wording, the wording doesn't say that the wording says today he tells him to do so So, what is he telling them to do so?
1: He's he's rationalizing the reason to do the mitzvah. Right.
0: Today, he tells him to do so. The Yetzirah is the one that's telling you to do the mitzvah. It's not even... He's telling you, do the mitzvah. In other words, you're doing the mitzvah not because God God is telling you. (laughs) He tells you to do so. So, and then he tells him to... Do so. Which means he the first time he tells him to do so unlike we would be tempted to learn, the preacher translates it he tells him to do so means to do a mitzvah. Not he tells him to do so, to do an avera, to do something bad. He tells him to do the mitzvah. But he tells him to do the mitzvah because I'm telling you to do the mitzvah. And then he tells you, I'm telling you to the how do the you know? like,
1: mitzvah. How do you know where it's
0: coming from? We're saying with the crafts of the Eitzhahara. One second. Okay, one second. Okay, that's another good question. How do we know where it's coming from? But he says, and therefore, so how does the previous Rebbe interpret the piece of Talmud? He interprets it that if you are doing things because the Sahara tells you to do that and you're not doing it because Hashem tells you to do that, that's already a very slippery slope. Because then you can very easily get distracted and all give way of course, because what's happening is you're doing it, oh bless you you're doing it for the wrong reason the reason why even these very simple commands need to be connected to Hashem, it means that you must, you must do the mitzvahs based on your accepting the yoke of Hashem and even the rational mitzvahs not to do them because they make sense, because if you're going to do them because they make sense you may eventually, your mind may be tilted. History has shown us the unfortunate reality that there were nations of the world that were very advanced in medicine and science. Take the German people. They were way advanced, more than some of the rest of the world. They were progressive. And yet, they can commit such crimes against humanity, against the Jewish people, which were unheard of before. So how does this this happen? Is because if it's based just prayer on rationale, it's a slippery slope. Your mind your inclination because the Yitzhahara tells you to do that if the Yitzhahara tells you that you're doing it because the Yitzhahara tells you then you're doing it for the wrong reason then you're going to, the reasoning is going to change and it's going to come to something else you can't rely just on your intellect to do that it has to be anchored it has to be based on the foundation of Hashem. the beginning of wisdom needs to be the fear of Hashem that is where all the mitzvahs need to be based on that's number one but number two the Rebbe brings down uh, if you only do the mitzvah because they make sense so what it really means is that only your intellect is involved in that mitzvah but you're missing out a big part of the mitzvah which is the mitzvah is actually a connection to God it's a way to Mitzvah means a connection, it's to bring down the godliness, to bring down Hashem Elokech, to bring down God, you're going to be missing out. So you're going to be just doing the mitzvah, but you're going to be missing out on a very, very important aspect of the mitzvah. Because, and here we come to actually the other point, the other string. What we're saying over here is basically that even the simple mitzvahs need to be done with the connection to Hashem. We need to be done through our connection to Hashem. But the same thing is true uh, the other way. Uh, those mitzvahs that don't have a rationale, we can do mitzvahs just to do them. Like we know the most important thing by mitzvahs is the connection to Hashem, is the action, in the actual doing. Say, for example, you will have in mind very good ideas about lighting the Shabbos candles before Shabbat. You don't actually light the candles, then you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. Even though you learned about the Shabbat, you learned about the holiness, you know about this is a testimony for God's creation of the world, you have a lot of good ideas and you have a lot of uh, good emotional feelings about it. But if you didn't light the candles, then you didn't do the mitzvah. On the other hand, if you say you don't have any ideas uh, about uh, anything, all you do is you just do the act. comes Friday night before the uh, Shabbos begins. You light the Shabbos candles. You don't understand nothing. You have no idea and any meaning, whatever, anything is. And you do the mitzvah, you have done the mitzvah, even without anything. So the most important part is the actual... Doing, the act of the mitzvah. Now, he said, we, we we can't on our own. You know, a lot of people like to um, like to say we want the feeling of it. We want the mush of it. We want to feel feel good about it. Those are all good things. But if you don't do the mitzvah, then you don't because it's like uh, your dad told us that you almost hit the lottery. You got five numbers, but oh, you didn't get.
1: 80. What? That's five, an
0: I was amy okay yeah. miss if you don't have the exact number how I mean, you can have five of it, but you know yeah. you know in other words
1: like uh,
0: god told us how the connection works how we dial in if you dial you have most of the digits, but you don't dial in the exact numbers the way you're supposed to then you're you're, you're missing you're not dialing the right person you if you want to dial to hashem hashem tells you which of the numbers you got to do you have to follow exactly what He wants you to do. If you're going to do differently, you may be dying, but you're not going to die. You're not going to get where you want to get. So we know mitzvahs have to be done. You might want, you might feel, you might have a desire to do certain ways, but that's your personal stuff. But that's not what's going to get you to, to Hashem. To get you to Hashem, you need to do Father Mitzvahs. But yet, if somebody only does the mitzvah, and he is... Uh, sort of uh, not going to do it emotionally, he's not going to understand he's not going to be into it he's going to be missing out a big part of it so he's going to do the mitzvah, yes, he's going to fulfill the mitzvah but it's very dry, it's very technical and it's very, it's observing the mitzvah but you're still missing out a major, major part of the mitzvah A major part of the mitzvah is to connect To be inspired, to be connected To to, to, to get emotionally involved That's also a part of the mitzvah So you may connect, you may connect technically But you're not going to connect emotionally So, now, when you talk about mitzvahs that are logical One can easily see how logical mitzvahs you can get into it because they make sense to you. So at least with your mind, you can understand so you can sort of uh, appreciate in your mind. We're telling you, you no know, that that's not enough. Don't just do it with your mind. Understand it. Enjoy it. Connect to God. Do it because it's connected to God. But here we're saying the reverse now. Here we're saying those mitzvahs that don't make any sense. So you can say they don't make any sense. So you don't really have any rational you know usually when you say something rational you can enjoy it because it makes sense to you but what am I gonna do I'm not gonna eat I don't understand it doesn't mean anything to me so how could one get excited about just doing over there it seems to be if it's a rational if it's an irrational it's a mitzvah which doesn't have any rationale attached to it one can say How am I going to be excited about that mitzvah when all what it is is just to do something?
1: And that's the itzahara talking.
0: And that's the Yitzhahara And And what we're trying to say is, that's the itzahara talking, and and we're trying to say that you're not allowed to even, you're not allowed to even feel bad because you're not allowed to even, it doesn't say, when it it, it says to use that, that the, the language that is used over there, Hashem says I made a statue, And you have no right to think about it bad. It doesn't say you don't have no right not to do it. Because we're not talking about doing. We're talking about even feeling like, well, okay, I'm gonna do it. You know, it's like it's like your husband taking out the garbage. You want me to take out the garbage, I'll take out the garbage, but I don't know, you know. Okay, he'll just do it, but there's really very little excitement in doing what needs to be done. But he'll do it. So the same thing you think if it's something that don't make sense to you. I mean, why? Why am I to do it? You say, God, listen, I'll do it. But I'll just do it. And that's it, because God is the boss, and He says the Torah doesn't say you must do it. Torah is not even allowed to think about it. You're not allowed, in other words, you're not allowed to think about why do I have to do it. How could one do something which is irrational? And yet, and still, be excited about it. I mean, if it doesn't make any sense, so how could you be excited about doing something irrational? Because, and the answer to that is that um, we have in ourselves our uh, intellect. And then we have deeper than our intellect. Our intellect is not the highest place in our soul. Our soul has emotions, it has intellect, and it has deeper parts in it, which are part of who and what the soul is. Like we say, like a person's belief in God, a person's trust in God, goes beyond logic. It goes beyond, it goes in his actual essence. So the essence of the person is actually something that when you can sort of bring that out into the open then even things that are not logical but they're still excitable because what you employ here deeper than the logic you employ something you you bring out in yourself your true essence and and that is hinted in the word in the beginning of the Parsha Ve'elah ha'mishpatim ashertosim lifneihem the means into their very deep parts, which is in their premius according to when the Al-Tarebbe brings it down, into the inner part, into their inner part, sort of to shake them up in there from their inside. Um, somebody who is, uh, needs to become excited, needs to find in themselves, in their depth to perform mitzvahs also in an excitable way that he shouldn't just be doing the chukim, even in a way that are um, just doing, but really bringing, by becoming a subservient to HaKadosh Baruch to Hashem, and then you're just happy to be able to serve Hashem. It doesn't really matter how it expresses itself, whether it makes sense to you or not. You feel lucky and you feel privileged that you can be doing something which is a mitzvah to Hashem. So even if those are things that are not rational, the contrary, it makes you even more excitable. So basically, we have both extremes. On one hand, we have the rational and the mitzvahs, the mishpatim. They have to not be done just because of the rational. They have to be done because of their God's commandments. And we also have those mitzvahs which are chukim, those are statues, that even though they are something which are just doing, without understanding, yet you need to be excited, yet you need to find the enthusiasm in yourself to be excited, in your insight to really appreciate and really do the mitzvahs in a uh, in a very deep way. There's a lot more. I, this is based on the Sicha deals with a lot more details, but um, I just figured that this was just a few pieces from that Sikha in, in Volume 3 of Parshat Mishpatim. Uh, the Rebbe writes about this, but he goes into uh, much more lengthy details and explains a lot of other aspects of it. But these are just some of the points that he brings out over there, and um, I just uh, think that uh, sometimes um, that's an easier way to accept some of God's, um, you know, cause some of God's judgment is like the chukim, you know. I mean, we don't understand a lot of times why certain things happen. You know, we get frustrated with the snow that we have here and we get frustrated with other things. And, you know, we get upset about it. But if we um, sort of can dig in deeper, we accept everything. You know, we're servants of Hashem. Whatever he throws in our way, whatever the Altarebbe writes in the Tanya of today, we're learning that people need not get upset from difficulties and challenges that they meet in life because to realize that we all have Hashem's love, and sometimes difficulties comes to one who Hashem loves. Hashem loves more. Hashem sort of disciplines us more than He would discipline others, and that's why sometimes... But we have to realize that even the chukim, things that we don't understand that's going on, a lot of times we understand things, you know, we uh, but sometimes we don't understand things, so even those we don't understand, we have to sort of uh, accept and like the Rebbe brings down from the Gemara we have to be with even if things a person, we have to be enjoy joy even things that are hard for us we have to accept and enjoy. joy doesn't mean that we want to be in that state we want to be toiva niru we know a good revealed, but if that's what it is for now, we got to find a way. Uh, as the Al writes in the Tanya, this in the beginning of the chapter yesterday. This year, Alter Rebbe wrote over there. He said that, you know, even though if you're stronger, if you have two opponents, and one is stronger than the other one, but if one is um, is is heavy on his feet, and the other one is very quick and is so, the the weaker one will win the stronger one because it's a lot Is not how much strength you have it's a lot about how quick you move how you maneuver how quick you maneuver and the Rebbe brings this out even though at the end of the day our are Tov our good inclination is stronger than the evil inclination we have the power to, to win so we're stronger but if we're lazy and if we're heavy and if we're uh, depressed or we're sad and if we're then we won't actually uh, be successful because, not that we're not stronger, it's because our sadness. So it's very important to always be joyful, very important to be with Simcha, and to try, Rebbe speaks in the Tanya, finding ways of dealing with your lacking, because things are lacking. Why are you upset? Because there are things lacking in your life, so how do you deal with them? And that's what the Alter Rebbe deals with how people shouldn't pay so much attention to the negativity but try to focus on the positive and the various different uh, counseling that he gives